0: This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. You're listening to TGI Sports Talk with your host Keith Angle on Northeast Streaming Sports. <laughs>
1: Good morning, everybody. Keith Engel for TGI Sports Talk right here on Northeast Streaming Sports Network. We're live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We'll be on Roku later this morning. Great to have you all with us here today. Hope you're all doing well and you found a way if you're, well, a lot of this country, uh, I was going to say the Northeast uh, we had bad weather throughout a lot of the country here Friday Saturday into Saturday, Thursday into Friday, Saturday, I guess. And, you know, we're still trying to get out of the concrete encasement that we're engulfed in, in here in East Greenbush, New York. I can tell you that I almost killed myself trying to knock down the scraper bank yesterday because it is 100% solid ice. I can't even leave footprints up and down the driveway or to the back path or anywhere. Anyway, hope you guys are doing well where you are. Also trying to get over, oh gosh, whatever has been ailing me here these last two weeks. It's lingering, 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 and got to go on vacation next Friday, so we'll talk more about that as well. Good morning, Rick Sherlock. How are you today? Alan, good morning. Good morning to Perry Paul. Good to have you in again this morning as well. Good to have all of you. Good to have all of our... uh, the, the groups that allow us to share this too, as well, uh, you know, the John Gonzalez's at uh, the Sports Authorities of the World. Love you guys. Uh, that, not to mention, you know, God, a hundred more. And thanks to the Roku viewers. Guys, get out there, get your friends and download the Roku app if you don't have it. Well, actually you need a Roku TV or a Roku stick. It won't really come up on the app. Northeast Streaming Sports, you wanna download that app. And you can watch all the great shows uh on your big screen tv yeah we'll be traveling here guys uh starting next friday the shows we'll do some shows where sundays are going to be a little awkward the next two weeks um we won't have mark mancini with us he'll join us later uh about 10 25 eastern time uh but we'll do something i may go live at 11 and do uh the roku do it all live at once at 11 o'clock i don't know probably an hour we won't do two hours uh depending on the uh, service that I have in the Caribbean and uh, other factors. But you'll hear and and see from us both on this show, the Sunday Stream of Consciousness, and we'll get some stuff in the can for the weekly vlogs. Uh, I'm going to do a couple of those today to to play in the next couple Fridays. Uh, The Sunday, I'm sorry, the uh, college sports huddle will still air. It'll be on live this Wednesday, and then we'll figure out something for next week, uh, the week after. Um, I'll probably do it live again from the ship. Uh, That's what we did in in October, and it worked out pretty well, I think. So anyway, we'll keep you abreast of that as we go forward. Watch for those announcements on TGI Sports Talk. And again, like and follow the show. So lots to talk about today, guys. I want to get into a lot of stuff. We're going to talk the NFL. We'll talk uh, some Super Bowl storylines. I want to talk about the Washington Commodores. And is anybody excited about this name? Good grief. Let's bring the Redskins back. I'm tired of political correctness. We're going to talk about coaching moves around the league. Josh McDaniels signs with the Raiders since we last chatted. Uh, Brian Daybowl, I think we talked about a little bit last week, but we'll dive into that maybe a little bit more. Doug Peterson signs with the Jaguars. Certainly want to talk about the Brian Florey situation, maybe Jim Harbaugh situation, Aaron Rodgers situation. Gosh, the awful Pro Bowl that will be played today. We'll do a vlog on that today, play next week. Who cares about these games? Nobody. Major League Baseball, I want to get into the labor negotiations, the fact that they tried to go to federal arbitration. Why do you owners think that's a good idea? When the last time they did this, it it led to a World Series being canceled. You know, in what world does uh, anybody think getting the federal government involved in negotiations speeds them up? My God. Joe West retires. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. So we got some stuff to talk about there. College basketball, I'll talk a little bit about. A lot of big games yesterday. Uh, UCLA goes down again. Baylor continues to struggle with some of their best players out. Uh, But we'll look at some of that. I want to look at possibly some mid-major rankings so you can get an idea of some teams to be on the lookout for, sleepers to be on the lookout for come March. Maybe we'll get into the NBA a little bit. Um, You guys have done a good job of steering me away from the NBA by keeping us – hopping on of topics that we talk about, so, um, and then we'll have Mark Mancini on, and we'll talk uh, probably some of the same uh, type of stuff with him for 25 or so minutes uh, at 1025-ish, so anyway, welcome to the show, glad to have you guys with us, and guys, get out, invite your friends to TGI Sports Talk. Well, I'll tell you this. We're going to talk about the Knicks a little bit in a little while, uh, Rick. We won't start there, but you're right. The Knicks are a mess. Um, as much as I was high in the Knicks last year and I told Rick to go watch them, and he watched a game and he, it was a horrible game he couldn't watch anymore. Um, this year, I'm in the same boat. I'm having a hard time getting in the NBA this year because of the way things are going. Let's start there. We'll start with the coaching uh, conversations, I guess, uh, since Alan's gone there. Eric bien has got an interview with the Saints today. Listen, you know, and I guess we'll start with Brian Flores a little bit, because this plays into that. I, I I don't, you know, it's funny. I got to decide which banner to put up here, because are we talking about coaches? Are we talking about Brian Flores? What are we talking about? Um, let's just talk about the coaches situation. I mean, uh, you know, Brian Flores gets an interview. Brian Flores, I'm sorry, not Brian Flores. Eric Bienbe gets an interview with uh, the Saints. Brian Brian Flores brings a suit against the NFL, against the Giants. And I don't know if it's the best test case. I mean, if a guy ought to bring suit, it ought to be a guy like Eric Biennium, who's interviewed over and over for these gigs. And I guess we'll talk about this first thing since that's what we're on here. huh? So, I mean, maybe he ought to be headlining this thing. I don't know. Brian Flory's got a job. I mean, he interviewed and got a job. Now, I understand. Believe me, I am not saying that the Rooney world works. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, there's a fairness in the hiring. I can tell you, you know, when you've got a a, a league that's 70 to 80% uh, uh, African-American and there's only one head coach, then there's something wrong with the processes. And as we talked about on Friday, maybe the problem is not – I'm not sure if we talked about it on Are You Serious or I talked about this specific fact on Mac and Jack, but you know maybe the biggest issue with the problem of, of systematic systematic uh, failures here is that the that that there's not enough diversity in the front offices because again once you get into the hiring practice and you hire a GM, let's say he's going to look for guys that he has relationships with. You know Brian Dabo was probably targeted before. You know, and came up in discussions when when Sean was being interviewed for the GM. So, you know, look at teams in front offices ought to be able to hire the best qualified candidate, the guy they think they can work with the best towards building a winner. Doesn't matter if he's black or white or, or purple. But there's something wrong with the process, obviously, when teams just go through the the motions to to be compliant. Not fair to the, the candidates. And I think that's what set Brian Flores off, obviously, is that he felt the job was already offered. And it's up, you know, look at it. It's he, said, she, he said, she said right now. We have to wait for the evidence. And if the evidence is Bill Belichick's tax and John Elway coming to a meeting hungover, then, you know, it's a little flimsy. But that doesn't mean there isn't a, a systematic problem here. And to me, you know where you really see it? Because there there are black coaches that get that first opportunity. But unlike white coaches, man, who get job after job after job that they don't deserve most likely, three, four chances. You know, you don't see that type of rehiring of the black coaches. I can only think of a couple. Well, Tony Dungy, I guess there's a few more than I think. Tony Dungy, Jim Caldwell. Dennis Green, Art Shell got two chances with the Raiders. But, you know, I don't know. Well, I don't know who that clown is. Um, So, again, the guy who said he got paid, and Rick, Rick, you got to, and I need you to elaborate a little bit. The only guy who said he got paid. For losing was Hugh Jackson, and he did not say they paid him on a per game basis like Stephen Ross is accused of doing to Brian Flores. If you think this isn't happening, you're nuts. This is why tanking is wrong, especially in a league that is so tied to gamblers now, as the NFL is and all sports are. You cannot have the the the, the, the any illusion that there could be any or any not illusion, but any uh. uh and he thought in people's head that there's improprieties going on during a game. And Hugh Jackson said right away, you know, he made the comment that he was paid to lose. But what he meant was he was paid a salary and the team was not trying to win games. The organization was not trying to win games. So it was misinterpreted when he backed up Brian Flory's comment about being offered $100,000 a year by $100,000 a game to lose by uh, Stephen Roth. He kind of backed that up and his comments were misinterpreted that he got paid per game. And he was just said, I was paid my salary, and we were in a situation where we were expected to lose. Not that I was told to go out and lose games, but they weren't in a position to win games. So you can elaborate there, Rick, if there's something I'm missing there. Again, I agree, I get that. They they hire guys within their circle, Alan. And that's uh that's all well and good. I get that. You know, look at. Um, it happens in in the, in the real world besides the world of sports the same way. You know, and, and if there's lack of di- or, or, or diversity hi- hiring, is going to be a trickle-down thing. I don't think there's any black owners in the league. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think there are. You know, so the problem becomes who gets hired below them at the team president level, at the GM level? This is all a trickle-down thing. So if a bunch of, you know, there's if there's an old white boy network at the top, there's going to be just uh, uh, Kenny jail. Where's he watching from, Kenny? Kenny somehow got put into jail, Kenny Gifford. I'm sorry, Kenny, for saying the word. I don't remember hang, but I think it was in, you know, I'm probably going to get banned myself now, in the context of something other than what probably Facebook took it. That's the problem. You know, I ended up in Facebook jail one time for one of my shows or one of my posts because there's bots that go looking for stuff and they just look for words or groups of words and and people get banned for nonsense. So sorry about that, Kenny. Hugh Jackson, that floor is, yeah, that's what I, that's what I was talking about. And I believe my portrayal there is probably on, on uh, I think, on Target. If somebody has other information, as always, you guys can feel free to uh, to say it. Uh, while no one's paying attention to Daniel Snyder, well, listen, they are paying attention to that um, because, again, the sexual harassment uh, suits that were brought up two years ago now are starting to come back to bite Daniel Snyder, and if this thing, you know, Goes much further. Daniel Snyder may very well be forced to sell that team as well. So I don't think it's going on on uh, 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 unnoticed, by the way, Alan, to be honest with you. kind the only minority. There you go. Um, yes, there are some there's some. Uh, yeah, and that's that's certainly he's certainly not an African-American. He's uh, I, I don't even know what nationality he is. Carl says it was a post. I think we're talking about Hugh Jackson, not positive. You know what? Listen, if there was as big a lack of uh, institutional control within the Washington Redskins at that time, go ahead, Facebook, you can put me in jail too. I don't care. Um, then he should be chased out of the league. The crap that was put into You know, there's a garbage bag hanging from my tree out front. How the heck am I going to get that out of there? Oh, my God. I'm um, sorry, guys. The things that distract me, ADD is uh, certainly running rampant on Sunday mornings. Um, where was I? Oh, if all the stuff was going on, that was the sophomore nonsense and, and sexual harassment crap that was going on in the Washington Redskins uh, front offices, then Daniel Snyder should be forced out of the league. That and for being an inept owner uh, for two decades now or more. Gosh, probably more, right? 25 years. I'm not sure whose wife we're talking about here. He is watching, but he can't comment. Carlos is my save today. <laughs> Well, there you go, Carlos. You only got Rick to worry about today. And Rick now is on your side after Friday's show. So good job there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, look at, you know, the whole the whole diversity in hiring thing is, is an issue. It needs to be addressed. I agree 100%. I just, again, don't think this is the best case. To me, to me, potentially the more serious thing here is the money that was offered him to lose games as a head coach for an owner, and if it's accurate, again, it's he said she said right now, but there are in between guys who supposedly went to Brian Flores when he didn't take the money and went out and won games that said Stevens upset. Right now, if that's happening, you can't have that, guys. You can't have that. Not in a league. You, look, at tanking is ridiculous anyway. Carlos and I went at this a couple of weeks ago. If you're a fan you want your team to lose, you're a bad fan. You're a horrendous fan in my mind. Coaches don't want to lose games. Players don't want to lose games. And outside of that, if you're going to have a league tied so heavily to gamblers— just watch every other commercial on TV today is for FanDuel or Caesars or whatever, especially during sports broadcast. You can't have people thinking they're watching professional wrestling out there. Can't be done. Can't be done. Right? Now, again, my, part of my problem, and I think Brian Flores is a good coach and a good person, He's dragged Bill Belichick into this whole thing, but whatever. You know, he's certainly got a right to express his opinion and to bring this suit forward. Now, the whole thing with the Stephen Ross allegations, though, is my problem is why didn't you say something then? You didn't say anything till you had a job. You know, so part. If I have a problem here with Brian Flores, it's only in the timing, right? He talked the other day about being being willing to, to risk his future coaching career because this was too important. But he wasn't willing to risk the job he had, so he wasn't really willing to take that leap until he was unemployed. Now, yes, he's put his future employment in jeopardy, but I have a little problem with that whole thing. We got a couple more comments on the uh, – his wife's not the owner. I got that. Okay, here it is. Uh, you're right. Yeah, right. He did have his wife holding the... Look, at it. it's it's in name only, right? Just like George Steinbrenner wasn't running the Yankees back in the 70s when he got uh, suspended by Bowie Kuhn. Um, the second time George got suspended, they made sure he stayed away from the offices, and that's why the Yankees started winning again, by the way, but that's a different story. What do we got here from Allen? I'm a Cowboys fan, and even... I want Dan Snyder out. You shouldn't, right? Because <laughs> they've been a they've been a model of ineptitude most of the last twenty five years. So, but look, you can't have you can't have guys like this in the league. You just can't. Oh, Stephen Ross. Sorry, I'm a I'm got you wrong there. I thought you were talking about Star, uh, Snyder. I read that wrong. Oh, Dan David Ross needs to go. I you were talking about both. Sorry about that, Alan. David Ross needs to go if it turns if it's true yes, Stephen Ross needs to be forced out. It's bad enough that it goes unspoken, but when you're when you're going out of your way to offer money to throw games puts every game in question. Right? Go back to the Pete Rose allegations, right? Pete Rose never understood why betting on the Reds and never betting against them to lose didn't matter. He didn't realize when you bet on them to win every other night, the times you don't bet on them are a signal to the gamblers that you think they're going to lose. And you can't put questions in people's minds like that, right? Just can't do it. Uh McCordy claims Browns, t- uh, Jason McCourty, I'm guessing, uh, Devin. Jason McCordy, yeah. And again, that's what Hugh Jackson was saying, right? Hugh Jackson said that the that there weren't – I look at – I guarantee you the players were out there trying to win. And the coaches were probably trying to put together a game plan that they could win, but the problem becomes that when ownership in the front offices don't put together a team that can compete, it doesn't matter what the players or the coaches do. That's where the and that's where you can take, sit certain players. But the players you put on the field are going to try to win. Unless look at this is the trickle down thing, right? It's a slippery slope. Stephen Ross offers Brian Flores money to lose games. Well, what if he goes out and offers a starting quarterback money to lose games, or a running back? Slippery slope, guys. I don't get it, especially since the Dolphins had back-to-back winning seasons. Uh, yeah, again, the, the whole firing of uh, Flores, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure. He, he's a little vague in whether he's saying that, you know, I don't think he got fired because of not losing games. Maybe. If the coach is upset after a seven game winning streak, losing streak, excuse me, that this team went on a roll and battled for the playoffs, then look at this guy needs to go. And I talked about this on this show and I've talked about it in a vlog and in, in just, a, I don't know, a month ago or so, maybe, maybe not even that. Tanking is bad. Nobody wants it. Fans don't, look at real fans don't want it. Sorry. I hate to call your fandom in a question if you're rooting for your team to lose, um, but I will. Um, And maybe you can try to convince me I'm wrong, because you do have a right to your opinion, but I just think it's, I can't understand it. The problem, you know way to get rid of this and stop the Stephen Rosses of the world? and stop um, all the the Browns of the world from trying to lose games. So they get number one picks, which are stupid because those same teams are usually very inept at choosing players anyway. So it becomes a vicious cycle of, uh, of unproductive team management. And the way to stop it is, as I said on the show Friday and I said on a vlog last week is Start offering the number one pick in every draft. I think baseball's considering it. To the team that just missed, the first team that just missed the playoffs, the guy who is the first one out. And then go backwards from there. Now that the team that had the worst pick is picking 15th or 16th in the in the, in the the draft. No incentive to lose games. Every incentive to win games. Try to get in the playoffs, and if you just miss, well, your consolation prize is the first pick in the draft. I love it. Not my idea, by the way. I stole that from. Uh, gosh, I'm not sure. It might have been Joel Sherman uh, from the Post about the baseball draft. But it makes cert- it makes be- perfect sense. Some Thunder fans like that nowadays because how bad Oklahoma City is and draft capital they have. Well, you know what? They're not fans in my mind. You know, root for your team to win. What is the point of going to a game or watching a game and rooting your team to lose? I mean, come on. I don't get it. I guess I don't have to, but I don't get it. Let's move on. Uh, I thought I had uh Here we go. NFL coaching news. We got. So, since we chatted last, um, Josh McDaniels hired as the coach of the uh, Raiders. He also brought along uh, Graham, uh, the defensive coordinator from the Giants, uh, who they had a relationship when they both coached with the Patriots. Now, by by all accounts, there aren't a lot of people in Las Vegas happy with this hiring, either in the locker room or in the stands. You know, Josh McDaniel had a bad uh, uh first go with Denver, but you know, a lot of head coaches don't have a really good uh trial run the first time they're head coaches. They learn from it and they become better coaches. That's not everybody, though. Some guys are just really good coordinators and can never be a head coach. They just can't do it. So, and then he had the whole debacle with uh, the whole debacle with the Colts. Uh you know, three, four, five years ago now, um, time is just, again, a terrible issue for me, um, where he took the job and then left. And he had a staff basically in place and left those guys all hanging. So there's a lot of people upset about this. Not happy to leave, see him leave as a Patriot fan. I, I was shocked to see the number of Patriot fans on some of the uh, – uh, the group message boards. <laughs> We're happy to see Josh McDaniel go. I I look at I don't understand that even a little bit. Josh McDaniel was a was responsible as the offensive coordinator for uh three Super Bowl wins, I believe. He was on the staff when they won others. He's a really good offensive mind. Uh, and whether he'll be a good head coach in his second try is still up and to be determined, but you cannot put into question his success as a coordinator. So big hole for the Patriots to fill. They're likely not. It's possible. Well, they're going to chase Bill O'Brien. Supposedly they're chasing Adam Gaze and God, please don't let that happen. Um, And they may not even name a true offensive coordinator because they have no D coordinator now because they don't want to pay the guy. So we'll see what happens there, and 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 I don't know what the you know Vegas look at. This is probably worth a shot for Vegas. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> Rick's right, me me giving credit for my uh, tanky uh, opinion. I don't want to get sued by this by anybody after this poor guy uh, who's going to sue me for my NCAA playoff. Uh, Opinion. Never pretended I made it up. You know, I'll bring Bill O'Brien in here in a second, by the way, Alan. Uh, Bill O'Brien did very well. Never got the – I don't believe in his first time around with the Patriots he ever got the, the uh, title of offensive coordinator. Again, because that's the way Patriots do business. They, uh, they don't want to pay those guys. And if you get the title, you get paid a lot more. But I'd be okay with Bill O'Brien coming in here. I don't want Adam Gay's. Patriots got some issues, too, because uh, Ivan Fears is uh, retiring most, most likely at 67. He's been the running backs coach, and he's coached many other positions at the, with the Patriots probably for 30 years. At least 30 years. I know he was on Bill Parcells' staff in the early 90s. What else going on? Uh, Peterson, we can circle back. We'll talk about anything you want we got the Vikings job with Jim Harbaugh getting an interview this week. I'll go back to Peterson. I thought I thought that uh, Doug Peterson was going to be a good fit with the Vikings myself. I don't even know that he interviewed there. Um Harbaugh gets an interview and I don't know, but depending on who you listen to, he expected to come away there with the job and when he didn't, he said screw you, I'm going back to Michigan. And if that's the case then, you know, Jim Harbaugh is just burning bridges. If he wants to find a way back to the NFL, that's not the way to go about it. So he lands, you know, he's going to get some perks to come back to Michigan. Uh, Maybe a few things that were taken away from him might be restored. Um, I know Rick had an opinion uh, on the show when we brought this up Friday that, you know, if he wants to never win a national championship, Michigan's the way to place to be for him because I don't know. I think the Big Ten can catch up with uh, the SEC. I don't know when it'll be. These things are cyclical. Don't forget, the SEC is in a much better, in a much longer run, uh, as far as being the dominant conference uh, than than usually happens. It usually happens three, four, five years where a conference will dominate and be the dominant conference in NCAA football. But all the major conferences have dominated at one time or another. The Big Ten was dominant for a period of time, and then somebody else took their place. The Pac-12 was dominant for a certain period of time, and then somebody else rose to take their place. Even the old Southwest Conference was dominant over periods period of time. Um, so it's been a cyclical thing. This cycle is running a lot longer. I will give you that, uh, the SEC's dominance. And that's mostly because of the long tenure and success of one Nick Saban. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but Harbaugh maybe burned, he, he may have burned his last bridge if things went down the way they are purported to have gone down in uh, in Minnesota. Uh, other coaching knows Doug Peterson, who I just mentioned, I thought would be a, a good fit for, uh, I thought I put up a banner here. Oh, Lord. You know, there's always something, right? let me see if I can find it. There it is right there. I didn't put it up. I did put it up. Gosh, news and notes. You guys are killing me. All right, there we go. Uh, Doug Peterson gets the Jaguar job. Um, you know, he, he did a great job with quarterbacks. He was a quarterback coach in Green Bay uh, when Aaron Rodgers was rising um, and through a lot of Aaron Rodgers' success. He certainly did a good job in Philadelphia getting Carson Wentz. To a, a really good level until injuries started to derail things. There won a super bowl with Nick Foles, who seems only to be good in you know about eight game stretches with the Philadelphia Eagles, but he's made a lot of money off those stretches. Um, now he gets to inherit Trevor Lawrence. And look at this Jaguar team, in my mind, has got a few things in place, it still needs some help, defensive side of football. Offensive line. Um, but I think this is a good spot for Doug Peterson. And everybody, for a week or better, thought Byron Bluffwich was getting his game, getting his gig. He was, I mean, I was seeing uh, uh, comments during my shows that Byron Luffwich signed with the Jags. A lot of that goes on, right? I mean, things get tweeted out, and they're not done deals. That's the thing with social media today. There's so much... Information out there that you have to sift through—what's real and what's maybe or probable even. Well, all, po- all signs pointed to Byron Leftwich was getting that game that gig until he overplayed his hand in my mind. Now maybe it'll turn out to be a good thing, and maybe Byron Leftwich didn't want that gig in the first place. And you'll tell me, oh well, he removed his name from consideration. Well, that might have been just—he might have been allowed to put that out there to the to the world of Twitter to to save face because he wanted the job, but he wanted the GM gone and Adrian Wilson from the Cardinals brought in. And when the Jags wouldn't capitulate, all of a sudden things started to drag out and Byron Leftwich loses traction, overplays his hand, and does not get the job. Now, again, you don't know the ripple effect this will have Man, that thing in my tree is bugging me. Jesus. <laughs> um, you don't know the ripple effect that this will have going forward as Byron left which interviews for other positions. Now, it certainly is not a case where this is not a case where uh, you know, there was there was a, a problem with race in, in this negotiation. And in, in my mind, you know, the Jags wanted him, the minority candidate, to be the, the head coach. But again, that was something that they had predetermined they were probably going to do as they made these moves and got rid of Urban Meyer and turned the interim. And, you know, they wanted to bring home somebody who was a hero in Jacksonville. He had a very good run as a starting quarterback in Jacksonville. But he probably just overplayed his hand here, you know, and and maybe that's something that needs to be uh, uh, the buyer left, which needs to sit down and think about the next time, you know. I don't, I don't know where this where a first time coach thinks he's got that kind of leverage. Um. But obviously, it, it came back to bite him. So you gotta you gotta get yourself together. Uh, the jobs that are still open. Let me see. We got a couple comments here or no. Um, oh, Mac Jones in a pro bowl. You, listen, I'll talk about the pro bowl here in a few minutes, but you know what? It, Mac Jones had a nice year, but being in being a pro bowl means nothing to me. So many guys don't play two guys that should be in a pro bowl or in a super bowl. So they're not playing. So we'll talk about that in a second. Let's stick with the coaches for a minute, but Alan, we can revisit that. I promise you. Left which wasn't going to be a puppet. look at I don't know if that's the case. You know, I don't know how we know that. Who's he going to be a puppet for? like uh I'm trying to think of the uh uh bulky, right the the GM. I don't think uh <laughs> who, I mean I don't get I, if the, the, the term I don't get, I just don't get. you know there are people that are puppets, but in football it's very hard to have a puppet. Coach. It's a little harder than baseball. I I, I just don't think that's the case. I think I think he wanted that job and I think he overplayed his hand. (laughs) Oh gosh. I gotta get somebody to get up in that tree, man. I don't think anything heavy enough to reach it, long enough to reach it. Um that GM was not taking the job, seriously. So you're talking about Adrian Wilson was not taking the job. Well, that's fine. But that's, again, that's on Byron Will, uh, Lefwich. I'm telling you right now, in my opinion, and Carlos, you certainly are welcome to yours, and and ours often hit a fork in the road. So it's fine. I'm telling you that I sincerely believe, based on all the, the evidence I've seen, that Byron Leftwich is not the coach of the Jaguars today because of his insistence that bulky go, whether it was Adrian Wilson or somebody else, Byron Leftwich did not want to work with Belke, and he's not gonna head coach. And that's it. Bulky, close enough. I don't think that's how you spell it, by the way, um, Alan. I won't put that up there. But and I'm not, I'm not. Uh, believe me, I'm not riding you because I don't spell well myself. He's a Super Bowl winning coordinator. Well, you know, again, I I, I agree. But doesn't give you a lot of leverage in my mind. Where's the other job offers for Byron Leftwich right now? Is he going to be happy taking the Texans' job? I don't think he's got to find a better situation than the Jaguar situation. To be honest with you, as far as a a a, a, a franchise quarterback, a good running back when he's healthy when he gets healthy and Anthony, who played together in college, by the way. And, and uh, and yes, you've got to have a front office. We talked about it with D- Dalbo and uh, Sean that you've got to have a, two guys that are on the same page. If they're on the same page, you're better off not taking a job. I get that. But, again, as far as which being a Super Bowl-winning coordinator, don't forget that, you know, Bruce Arians is, in his own mind, an offensive genius, if nobody else's, and um, you know how much of that success was was related to to uh, to Leftwich and the fact that he had Tom Brady and and uh, Bruce Arians working in tandem with him. I don't know. Let me go back to this. I'll come back to yours, Alan. He had more leverage than ten candidates did. He didn't have enough to get the job. He had the job in his hand, and he doesn't have the job today. So you tell me how he how well he used his leverage. He used it very badly. If he in fact wanted the job, he used it very badly. And by all by all uh, reports, he wanted the job. Trent Belky Is it B A K L K Y? I thought it was just like two A's in it or something. I think there's two A's in that. I'm not sure, Alan. He hasn't done much to help fix the Jaguars. I agree. But if the owner wants that guy in there, then, you know, you're not necessarily in a position as you're coming in as the head coach, unless you're freaking Bill Belichick or Bill Parcells or Bill Walsh, or God rest his soul. And, again, I'm not talking about guys who are looking for work today, obviously. There's only a handful of guys who can try to make that type of power move or even have the job. And he did have a power. He did have a power struggle with Harbaugh in San Francisco. I agree, Carlos. I got that up there. No state tax in Florida. <laughs> uh, there isn't, Eric. But uh, I'm sure there's somewhere that fits, and I'm missing the context. But anyway, random. Right. This is the stream of conscience, this show, so we're able to put out those. Uh, where's his other ring, Carlos? Pittsburgh? Again, with already established quarterbacks, correct? I, I don't know. Where's his other ring? Maybe he was a backup quarterback for uh, Roethlisberger. R- 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 I'm not even sure we're left which other ring is. As a coach, he wasn't an offensive coordinator, I don't believe. I know he's a backup quarterback there, and he might have been when the Steelers beat the Cardinals. Not positive. You can certainly elaborate there. But, okay, I'll give him two Super Bowl rings. I would argue that the one in Pittsburgh, he may not have been as integral a part of getting as uh, some other people. You know, just my thoughts. Let's talk about the Jaguars. How much how much this is more we talked about the Jaguars in total for the last two years. The thing about Shad Khan kind of doesn't care. Well, I don't know if he doesn't care. Who knows what he thinks? I mean, he want. there was always rumors he was going to move this team to London, which was a logistical nightmare. You know, Jacksonville's not a great place because he doesn't they don't draw unless they win. Thing is, a shot con doesn't care, he doesn't uh, like being in Florida. There you go, he doesn't uh, make the best business decisions. And truthfully, I believe he's one. Well, there you go. <laughs> I said the same thing, it's too funny. Um, he has wanted to move the team to London, which by the way is the stupidest idea in the history of football. You can't have one team playing in Europe. I mean, it's a it's a it, that team would be there's such a handicap. With the travel, that it would be ridiculous. It would never work. Right? Well, I'm kind of with you. And again, but but here's the thing, Carlos, Allen isn't wrong. This is what Khan wanted. Just a couple of years ago, he talked about playing half his home games in London. Even that would put them at a huge disadvantage. It's a huge disadvantage now for the teams that go there. Far worse than an LA trip. Carlos, when you're talking three hours before, well, I guess five hours to get to the coast from the East Coast, but still you already see it's not, you know, the teams that travel East to West don't have as much trouble as the teams traveling West to East and getting acclimated in those one o'clock starts that they're really playing at, you know, 10 a.m. their time. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, That might speak volumes as well, Alan. I don't know. West Coast teams' nightmare going to London. Everybody's nightmare going to London. But West Coast teams especially, right. Got about a 10-hour flight. It's never going to work. And it's not going to be as bad for the teams going there as it's going to be for the Jaguars, who have to do it eight times, soon to be nine times a year. Nine times a year, they're going to have to fly to the States Throw their their biological clocks all off. It'll never work. Never, never, never going to work. Uh, what else is going on in the world of coaching? What other stuff we got? we, we talked about the Vikings. Uh, Rick, um, the, what I'm hearing is that uh, they're locked in on Kevin O'Connell, who is the uh, offensive coordinator for the Rams, um, after not being able to uh, close the deal or maybe even make a deal with uh, – with uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Harbaugh, excuse me. So, I don't know, Vikings are still looking for that head coach. So, And what other jobs are still open? And who is still alive for these jobs? Flores is now probably out of the running for any jobs, I would say, right? Can't see how he's going to get the job. Let's see what's still open. If I miss somebody, let me know. The Texans are still open. I don't know who's going to want that job. Jared Mayo's, uh from the Patriots is uh, prominently mentioned for this job. I, I'd hate to see him take this job in his first go-around because he's going to be set up to fail. Uh, Flores was still mentioned the other day even as being a good fit for the for the uh, Texans, and, and maybe he will do that. But it seems to me if he takes a job, now he hurts his suit, his case for his suit. Uh, the Raiders is full. Broncos is full. So Vikings uh, are still open, as we just said. Kevin O'Connell is now the leader in the clubhouse there. The Saints, uh, as Alan said earlier, interviewing Eric Bieniemy today. I uh, don't know who else has been mentioned for this job, and I think that's the last job that's open, correct? I think so. Um You know, I don't – this is not a great job right now, the Saints. I mean, Sean Payton walked away for a reason, a lot of reasons. I think he was burned out a bit, but he also saw the the, the, the bleakness of the, of the near future for the Saints and the fact that their cap issue is horrendous. Uh, they got no quarterback, and they have no draft – theoretically no draft pass possibilities. So the coach coming in here, and because of their cap issues, you're probably going to have to trade at least one of uh, uh, Kamara or Thomas, and Thomas has been hurt a lot, so it probably wouldn't hurt them. Um, but I just don't see how this is a good job right now. Um, if you got to trade your one of your best two players and you're, you don't have a quarterback, this is a job that, It's probably in for a total rebuild before we go. Uh, Flores is a finalist for the Texans job, but, you know, again, I'm not a lawyer. I am married to one, but I'm not a lawyer. Um, Does it hurt his case if he actually takes a job now, though? I don't really know. That's why they need a team on Iceland, yeah. Look at if the NFL were to go back to this topic about moving to Europe, and the NFL would have to move several teams, like a division, to 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 Europe for it to work. And even then it's still not gonna work. Right, and if COVID continues, that hurts yeah. Well hurts even here. Carlos is going to take the job. But then, Carlos, you'd be calling for yourself to get fired immediately, probably. Yeah, pull a Cully. What did Cully do? Cully got fired. Hackett going to Denver uh, was, in car uh, not Carlos, Allen's opinion, uh, the best hiring. Well, look at. I mean, it depends on what context you're saying he's the best hiring because he can lure Aaron Rodgers and possibly Devontae Adams to to uh, Denver. In that case, yes. If you're talking about coaching ability, well, we don't know. Again, you never know about these coordinators until they're actually a head coach. On paper, it looks like a good hire. If you're talking about the – it's probably not a good hire than if he doesn't lure Rodgers there. And we're going to go to that topic in here in just a second. Yeah, they can trade both and get a better foundation, maybe, but they still got cap problems after that, and they don't have a quarterback and really no hope to get one. That's well, I get that. I get that. But doesn't it I'm not saying hurts Flores, hurts the suit, is what I'm saying. Not Flores himself. He can take a job. does it hurt the suit? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Let's talk about – I wanted to talk about Aaron Rodgers. I guess I don't have a – I don't know if I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. We'll we'll talk about him real quick here. I got a couple notes. Aaron Rodgers bought a house, as as Carlos pointed out, in Tennessee. Aaron Rodgers is uh, trying to orchestrate his way out of Green Bay, still considering retirement. Buys a house in Tennessee, probably to you know, for some kind. Of, who knows why he bought a house in Tennessee? I want a house in Tennessee, so I guess I can't blame him for wanting to live in Tennessee. No state taxes, as Rick said before. Um, but obviously the Denver Broncos are trying to position themselves to make a run at Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. And again, do you want Rodgers? I don't know. There's certainly two schools of thought. I've got a problem with Rodgers and the drama he brings to the team, and he'll probably continue to bring to the team. Carlos and I have had this debate over and over. I'm not debating that Aaron Rodgers is a great, great quarterback. I can't dismiss the fact that this great quarterback who's had some, I'm sorry, some really good tools to work with, and if you want to look at it closely, Devontae Adams – and uh, Aaron Jones are better than any skilled position player at those two positions, wide receiver and running back, than Tom Brady ever won a Super Bowl with. And don't throw Randy Moss in my face because he didn't win a Super Bowl with him. With him. And Aaron Rodgers won one Super Bowl over the last, I'm sorry, in his career. So is he a great leader or not? We have this debate all the time. It's not just about your numbers. He'll go to Denver and put up great numbers if that's where he goes. Will he win? Don't know. But it's not just that. It's the drama that he brings. All the stuff that went on around the Packers this year was induced by Aaron Rodgers. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. For him to say last week that you know he was proud of the team for overcoming all the adversity they had to overcome. (laughs) He created it all. All of it. They're not reporting to training camp to say I'm gonna retire, the wanting to be traded, the COVID stuff. First lying, I'm you can call it misleading, you call it whatever you want. He lied about his status, which is fine, but have the courage of your conviction. Say I didn't get vaccinated. Don't lie about it and mislead us and try to fool us. Then he actually got COVID. What else? Guy's a walking drama queen. Probably get in trouble for that too, right? Titans up for Rodgers. Well, look at he being an improvement over Tannehill, but you know, again, do you want all the baggage that comes with them? Team's gotta take that into consideration. I'm sorry. Uh I would think the Bronco fans probably are hoping for it. And they gotta be but again, in life, you gotta be careful for what you wish for, right? One more than twenty-eight quarterbacks in the league. Uh, your math is not working right, uh, Carlos. What's that? Uh, how many quarterbacks are there? Thirty-two. Uh, so, two of them retired. So that's you're right there. Uh, yeah, all right. You're probably right. So what? Most of them haven't had a chance to win it and haven't played on teams as good as Rodgers. I don't. Whatever. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, uh, Alan. I think McCarthy was a good coach. I think McCarthy's still a good coach. Um, He's a good coach on a good team. You know, he certainly wasn't a good coach when the team started to uh, to crack, and that's when Rogers started to crack. You know, that's a good question, Alan. You're our cap space expert. What is Denver's cap space? I think they've got a bunch. I'm not positive. COVID is, you know, I don't think anybody's going to be making decisions based on where COVID is. Well, maybe he will because he's a nut. So he might. COVID's on the way down. There you go. Broncos have decent cap space. Alan is our resident salary cap expert here on TGI Sports Talk. So thank you, Alan, for always jumping in with salary cap stuff. I know Super Bowls. I know what you're talking about. And again, when you've got guys that have just retired in the last, in recent years, um, you know, whatever, it's still one. It's still one. It's still one. And several guys have retired in the last several years that have also won Super Bowl, multiple Super Bowls. Well, this guy has won one with arguably as good or a better talent many of those years. You know it's funny, Carlos, because you tell me how bad the NFC North is and that Green Bay, as a whole, is a product of the NFC North's ineptitude, right? But you still will tout Rodgers. So I can say Rodgers' success is, is is a direct, uh, directly resp- a direct result of playing the NFC North and playing those teams all year long. I've seen crazy nonsense people said about Brady. I'm not telling you he is not a great player, but I'm telling you he's got one Super Bowl. And a lot of great players never won a Super Bowl or, you know, so they don't even have one. Dan Marino never had one. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure, Alan. Jerry Jones is your problem. Not McCarthy. Jerry Jones is your problem in Dallas. Plain and simple. As long as Jerry Jones is the de facto GM for the, for the Cowboys, it won't matter who the coach is. There you go. Rick, there's your answer. 48-melon cap space for the Broncos. That's a pretty good spot to be in. So good stuff there. Let's move on. Let's move on. Gosh, we're eating up a lot of time. We're, we You guys have done a good job. We probably won't get to the NBA again today. <laughs> good job. Uh, let's move on. I want to talk about a couple of uh, – we, we'll talk more Super Bowl for whenever we come on next week. Um, but let's just talk about uh, a couple of the storylines that are that are going to play out here um, next weekend. And I can circle back if you guys got more comments here. A couple of storylines that are going to play out next weekend are very interesting. You got Cincinnati, who's been to two Super Bowls, never won. You got the L.A. Rams, who have been to two Super Bowls, never won. They did win in their iteration in St. Louis, so they do have a Super Bowl win. But the Los Angeles version of the Rams have never won a Super Bowl. You've got the second year in a row, a team's got home field advantage. You've got, I believe, the first ever matchup of two number one picks at quarterback. Two, uh, Two first pick in the draft, sorry. First picks in the draft. You got Joe Burrow looking to become the first guy ever to win a Super Bowl, a national championship, and a Heisman Trophy. And not only that, do it in the space of three years. That would be remarkable. What other storylines? You guys can throw some at me if you got some you like. Um Uh, You got the Odo Beckham uh, story who uh, changed the whole narrative of his career. You got Stafford who's changed the narrative of his career and got a chance to really cement that change with a win. You got uh, McVeigh trying to get the monkey off his back. So this, you know, to me, and by the way, this is also the first time I think that two teams are playing each other. Or there hasn't been a a seed above a three, three or above, in the Super Bowl. I believe these two teams were seeded fourth and sixth. So there's a lot of cool stories in this uh, Super Bowl matchup outside of just the game itself. I think they're four and six, aren't they, uh, Alan? I'm not sure. I know there's nobody above a four, as I just said. So someone suggested Dallas is Super Bowl site to avoid a home field advantage. (laughs) Oh, Alan, sorry for that shot that I allowed to come up here. But it's probably warranted. And look at Guys, to me, funny's always funny, right? I, I get upset about some some digs at my guys, but funny's funny. I think that's an awesome one. I, I love that. And I think I'm okay with home field advantage. If it works out that way, it works out. I mean, these things are are lined up years in advance, so nobody knows who's going to be good in those years, unless. Oh, never mind. I won't say it. So I think those are a couple interesting things to take a look at as we go forward. Um, And we're going to talk much, much more about this. I like Cincinnati's chances here, right? And I'll dive into it when I go live next Sunday. I'll be on the uh, Carnival Magic in the Middle Caribbean to watch this Super Bowl. Not as excited as the last time I was on a ship for a Super Bowl, which was Super Bowl 51. I won't bore you guys with the details, but it was only the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. I won't bore you with the details. Um, So... I like Cincinnati's chances here. I, I got them early. Uh, I bet them at four and a half uh, last week because uh, I think the line's going to move down. I think uh, there will be late money on the Bengals. I really do. I like Joe Burrow's resiliency. This is some great stuff here. Joe Burrow. this Cincinnati team has not played pretty football. They're gritty, though. They find ways to win. When, when they they feel like you can't do anything, when you sit there and you watch them and they go, run the ball, run the ball, first down, every time for a yard, a yard, a yard, a yard. Second and nine all the time. Second and 10. What are you doing? But there's some method to their madness. And if they find a way to protect Joe Burrow, who's going to be under her extreme duress again during this entire game. Um... They're going to they're gonna find a way to stay in this game and have a chance to win it at the end. So they are both fours. Uh, my bad. Both Bengals and Rams won their divisions. I get that. Well, yeah, that's true. Good point. Good point. It couldn't be a six. Good morning, Anthony Price. Good to see you this morning. I'll take that score. I think that looks good, Alan. I like that. Um I was going to take the money line in this game as well, but um, so far I don't like it. I don't know. We'll see. I think Cincinnati's been just so – as I said, they played so – to me, ugly football. Joe Burrow finds a way to get the job done, which is what good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks do. When you don't have your best stuff, when you don't have the best team, I don't know that the Bengals are better than the Chiefs. They out-coached them last week. And they out-toughed them. And that's what matters. That's all that matters. So I'm excited about this game. I really am. I mean, look at... And and for you guys, I don't know. (laughs) It kind of goes to the whole Tom Brady thing, right? Tom Brady, we know, now is officially retired. And all you people on social media who want to post your cute little memes, and they're funny. They are funny. But you're serious, I know. When you post your thing, oh, we marked myself safe from having to watch Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. You guys just don't get it. You guys don't know what you've been, been privileged to watch for the last 22 years. And I feel bad that you guys aren't able to appreciate the greatness that you've seen over the last years. Now And, again, those those posts are funnier now. I, I, I laugh when I see them. But the problem is the people that post them are also serious. And... It's really too bad because you're you you you're gonna you're going to have missed out on something that's probably never going to happen again. You miss out on being able to appreciate something that's never going to happen again. Uh, yeah. Alan's got the seeds up here, so I believed you, buddy. I believed you. Um. So, again, it's really kind of bad. It's too bad that people can't appreciate that. So, again, I guess that's a storyline of the Super Bowl, too. People don't have to deal with with their Tom Brady fatigue, and I'm really sorry that you feel that way because your teams weren't able to get good enough to knock Tom Brady off that perch for the better part of 22 years. 22 seasons, 243 wins, 10 Super Bowls, 13 conference championships and seven Super Bowl victories. Try to beat that. All right. Jory, good morning, Jory. Good to have you here. Cincinnati reminds a little bit of how the St. Louis Rams came out of nowhere to win it. Yeah, I, the the in a much different way. Well, you know, they're not the greatest show on turf, right? Um they got a great quarterback who didn't really come out of nowhere like Kurt Warner did, but they do. You could say that. I mean, look at it more recent, in more recent years, well, even go back to hell 40 years to the San Francisco Bengals Super Bowl. Then I think the, I'm not sure where the Bengals were the year before. I think they were really downtrodden too, but the 49ers of that era were kind of where the Bengals are now two years before they had the worst record in football. you hated Brady until Super Bowl 51. You can hate him, but you need to respect the guy and what he's accomplished. And if you don't have an appreciation for what he's done, man, it's just a shame as a sports fan that you that no that people can't appreciate that. Do you see a quarterback now that might come close to half? You know, I you know I really don't. I mean, circumstances have to be right, right Anthony? I mean, Brady got drafted into a great situation. Um, you know, the Patriots were were good year after year because of great management, great coaching. I just don't see anybody having that type of sustained success. I, I, what the Patriots did in this cap cap era, uh, parody-driven uh, uh, NFL paradigm that we're in now, it was remarkable because teams don't have that type of success, sustained success. Look at every team we talk about in the league. They've got their times up and then they got their times down, right? So I don't see anybody, and not because the quarterbacks aren't good. Joe Burrow could be a great quarterback. Patrick Chalmers is a great quarterback. But you got to be, they got to be able to surround themselves and have the right, um, culture and the right uh, methodology within the organization to be able to sustain success over that career. So, you know, look at, I don't know. I mean, half of what he's done would be seven conference championships. That's a little better than half, but, and three, three or four Super Bowls. I, I, I don't know that I can see it. Can't predict the future, but I know nobody will come close to matching what he did. I guess somebody could make a run at half of those numbers, that and that'd be a that would be a tremendous accomplishment, right? So good stuff there. And last thing, well, we'll we'll throw these things out in tandem. Um, I was going to talk about the Pro Bowl. Let's just talk about news and notes here. Let's. I want to talk about the Pro Bowl. Does anybody care? I'm going to do a vlog on this to play while I'm away. All star games in sports are just passe. Nobody cares. Who cares about the Pro Bowl today where no defense will be played? The game will probably be 50 to 49. It's not even real football. The NHL All Star game is yesterday. They played this three on three thing that it's not hockey. The NBA is coming up in a few weeks and that'll be 180 to 175. Baseball, nobody cares. Everybody's got to play. They tried to trick it up by making it, which the stupidest thing they could do, a game that doesn't mean anything. You make the home field advantage in a World Series tied around it, where when the game comes down the line, the best players aren't even playing. Ridiculous. So these games mean nothing anymore. Who's watching? Who cares? You can name a team. And that's what I thought where the NFL is going in the last couple of years. But you can name a team and don't play the game. Nobody cares. Don't play games. Stupid. I'm gonna move on to baseball here in a second, Rick. He's been in two Super Bowls, he's not won two Super Bowls. So let's for not forget Tom Brady had three uh three under his belt by this time. Let's not forget that. And the last thing, if you guys want to make any comment, and I'll back up the Washington Commodores. Who cares? You know, I'll talk about that with uh I'll talk about that with that Mark Mancini. Let's move on to the baseball. You guys, I'll back up if you do have any comments on any of that stuff I just threw out there. Uh, I did want to talk about the lockup. So thanks for bringing it out, Rick, or the lockup. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting uh, Freudian slip, I guess, the lockup. Look it. The owners, these guys are far apart. And people don't care about billionaires arguing with millionaires over money. And that's what this is all about Still. Basically, it's about uh, they're fighting for young guys to have freedom sooner so they can make more money earlier in their career. And, uh, you know, the owners uh, offer to, to uh, bring in federal mediation to move this along quicker. <laughs> when did the federal government ever get involved in anything and make it move faster? Never. And the last time they got involved in a mediation with Major League Baseball, we had no World Series that year. So, Not a good idea. Players shoot it down. The players shoot it down because they feel they've got a fair offer in front of the owners. I'm not saying they do or they don't. To Rick's point, is it going to affect the start of the season? It's going to start looking that way pretty soon, Rick, because camp's open this month. Pitchers and catchers uh, would be just a little over a week away. So the further you get into February – the less and less it looks like they'll open at the end of March, early April. And these two te- these two sides, don't appear to be that close to to making a, a a deal. And if they do lock, if the lockout lasts, then then where are we going to go from there? Where do the fans go from there? Baseball was very lucky after the last real labor strife in '94 that Cal Ripken came along in '95 with his and broke Lou Gehrig's streak because that saved baseball. And I don't think now in this day and age that that that, you know I'm able to really separate the business side from the sports side. But I don't care about billionaires and millionaires fighting over scraps. Figure it out. Figure it out. It's absolute nonsense that they can't get something going here. Oh, Justin Jefferson won the dodgeball game. <laughs> but what was that in Rick, the Pro Bowl Pro Bowl skills competition? Commander's awful. Nobody cares. You know, bring back the frickin' uh, bring back the uh, oh, I don't know. Bring back the Redskins crowd. I mean, good. Political correctness is killing us in sports and in life in general. Um, yeah, nobody should take the, you know, all these All-Star games are nonsense. What else is going on in the world of baseball? You guys can comment on my thoughts about the lockout. They've got to fix this, and they've got to fix it soon. The biggest thing holding them up is, is when, uh, how, how long uh, teams can keep control over players, young players, before they reach arbitration eligibility and in turn can become a free agent. That's basically the thing that's holding them up. There's other little things too, but that's the basic thing that's a problem at the moment, and it's got to be addressed. So, you know, I don't know what else can to say about it. It's It's got to be, it's got to get rectified and it's got to get rectified soon, Rick, or the, or the season's in serious jeopardy. And I swear to you, if they lose any games to this, then they're shooting themselves in the foot. And don't forget, when this does get settled, you're going to have a frenzy of activity with all the free agents that remain out there and all these teams that have so much to do, like the Yankees still have a bunch to do. They better have a bunch to do. Absolute nonsense. You know, I don't know what they're thinking about. But they aren't thinking about freaking the fans. I know that for a fact. Oh, my gosh. Uh oh, anyway. What else going on in Major League Baseball? Joe West retires. Um, umpire uh a record fifty four hundred and sixty games. Joe West, a very polarizing figure Im- amongst umpire, uh, uh amongst umpires. Some players loved him, some players hated him. Um, it's gonna be very interesting because there is a uh uh There is a uh, movement underway to keep Joe West from being considered for the uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, which I think is ridiculous. The lockout is ridiculous, Carlos. The money will always come in, and it's not like anybody's underpaid. And, again, I don't begrudge guys their money. I really don't. When when guys say, oh, this guy's not worth uh, $250 million, well, if somebody's willing to pay you two hundred fifty million, million dollars or whatever number we're talking about then you're worth it whether you live up to those numbers that's a different story but if you're if somebody's willing to pay you then you're worth the money that's capitalism uh basically at its best pick the bad year to start fancy baseball well <laughs> you know what Rick the hardest part's gonna be when the lockout does end and it will end i look it i think they're gonna come to their senses here and if there's any delay to the start of the season, it will be minimal, I would hope. I just can't see them taking some kind of nuclear option here. And the hardest part from a fantasy standpoint, and I don't necessarily get into fantasy a lot on the show, but uh, you know, it's going to be figuring out where the hell guys landed and what their roles will be, because there's going to be so much movement in the in the week or two right after this lockout ends. A lot of fans and players, uh, Alan, have differing opinions of Joe West. I kind of like Joe West myself. Um, it, a lot of umpires in Major League Baseball over the years, as they become more senior, right, and 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 have long careers, start to become more. Um, more a part of the game. Try to make themselves more a part of the game. I think Joe West had a distinguished career, and, and there's no way to keep him out of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Again, it's no different than players. You don't like them. That's fine. Doesn't mean they don't belong in the Hall of Fame. He's not. Uh... Oh, God. Now the guy's name, I'm forgetting who's the worst frickin' umpire ever to walk face the earth. Unbelievable, he's still got a job. What can I think of his name? Maybe somebody would come up with it. Drew would if he was here, I'm sure. Jory says, Major League Baseball should move away from arbitration, uh, just as Charlie Finley said. If you're in the league for four years, you're a true veteran, let them have free agency at that point. Well, I'm sure the players would go for that. The owners never will, though, Jory. I just don't think they can. You know what? It's hard to make that prediction right now, um, Alan, because oh, based on what they've done so far. Well, I can tell you there'll be great expectations on the Mets, obviously, but be able to surprise Texas. Maybe they've made a bunch of moves. Um, let me look at the, uh, let me just look at the uh, standings here. Let me, let, let me see who we got. Who are we talking about here? Who do I think can make a run here based on what they've done so far? You know, I'll tell you what, watch out for the Tigers next year. That, that'll that be a team I'll tell you to watch out for based on not so much what they've done this offseason, but what they've done uh, to build this team back to where they were, you know, only – I mean, they finished eight games under 500 last year, but they were like 20, 25 games under 500 at one point. A.J. Hinch was a great hire here. And uh, they could they could surprise. But, again, it's very hard because you don't know where everybody's going to end up, Alan. I would call them Mets a surprise because they're going to be expected to do well. Uh, and I don't have anybody else that I can co- consistently say or confidently say will to watch other than maybe Texas uh, based on the moves. That, they made some big moves in free agency um, and maybe Detroit. Start the season late. Would it make more injuries? Absolutely it would. I mean, if you don't have a full spring training, these guys are not the best um, trained athletes in the world now, Anthony. <laughs> you know, without a full spring training, you will see more injuries. And injuries are bigger in Major League Baseball than they have ever been before because they don't train the right way. They don't. They bulk up their their upper bodies. They don't take care of their core or their or their legs, and that's where you see guys getting injured. Or they overtrain, and and they're you got all kinds of oblique injuries because they're they're training the wrong muscles. And yes. Short answer, yes, I would foresee more injuries. They have a museum. It's called the Hall of Fame, and they need to run it differently. Well, we do see everything. It's not, you know, here's the thing, Carlos. Let's take Pete Rose, for example. Pete Rose is everywhere in the Hall of Fame. He just doesn't have a plaque. So... You fix this by just allowing these guys in. Peter Vesey, or Peter Vesey, um, Phil Mushnick had an article, and I haven't read it yet, Um, but he's talking about how the writers have cheated the fans, cheated the game by voting for guys who use steroids, and my argument is you don't know who did or didn't use steroids in the the era. So either ban everybody or ban nobody. And if they're great players, they need to put in there, but say what they did. or revisit this whole thing, but... Padres, if they stay healthy, again, but that is, is that a surprise? This team's expected to win, Carlos, right? So you're right. Stay healthy. You know, the injuries for the Mets were part of their problem, but that, not the entire problem. Yeah, as I said, Alan, I think the Rangers getting these two guys will help a lot. They'll help their offense. You still need to throw the baseball. And that's the thing. If, if you can't pitch, you can't win. Even though they've made it a pinball game. San Diego huge disappointment last year for for sure. the thing is again I wouldn't call it a surprise though Jory because uh, to the context of the question uh, because they're expected to do well so the surprise would be if they flopped again <laughs> you know what would have been good for 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 both teams is for Aaron Boone to have left the Yankees and gone to become the Padre's manager that would have been what was best. And Buck Showalter was back in New York, in the right place—not in Flushing, but in the Bronx. What else is going on? David Green, um, rest in peace, to David Green, who was a really good ball player. Not, you know, not a superstar, but a good player back in the '80s uh, with the Cardinals. I think he played with the Brewers. He might have come over in the. In fact, he might have been part of that big trade uh, between the Brewers and the uh, Cardinals. Uh, early in the early eighties sent Ted Simmons, uh, who's going to be going into the baseball hall of fame or did go into baseball hall of fame, sorry. um, To Milwaukee. And there was a huge trade. Uh, How many of you guys are old enough to remember it? I don't know, but it was one of the bigger trades in baseball history, as far as number of players and really good guys getting traded back and forth. And it led to the Brewers actually getting themselves to a world series in the early eighties. And David Green was a, was a good player, for those cardinal teams, and some others later on in his career. So rest in peace, David Green. Too young to go, obviously. Um, and again, I guess finishing up Major League Baseball. I would say. Um, and you guys got some other topics you want to mention before we get uh, Mark Mancini in here at ten twenty-five. Not sure if he's calling or joining us uh, via streamer. My last thing is, please, keep mediators out of this mess with baseball. It doesn't help. It'll just make it worse, and we'll end up without a World Series again, and I don't want that. Who wants that? My God. Should we talk about the NBA real quick? I'm going to talk about the NBA with with uh, with Mark. Let's just, let, me, let me jump into college basketball real quick. I know we cover college basketball a lot in the, on the huddle. Um, somebody's got a comment here. It might take us. Uh, let's see. We'll jump into that if we want to. All right. Well, there's a good question. Why would Texas trade Joey Gallo then go oh, all out in free agency? Well, maybe because he's not a winning player. I don't like Joey Gallo's game, to be honest with you. I mean, the question again: the Yankees didn't give up a ton prospect wise to get him, but I don't think Joey Gallo has a type of game that's 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 uh, you know that leads to winning baseball. He's he's one of the guys who's the epitome of what's wrong with baseball today. Now he's a pretty good fielder, so I'll give him that. But he's either <laughs> there it, it it's a home run, a walk or a strikeout. That's all you get from him. And that's what's wrong with baseball today. Put the ball in play. Now Corey Seager and Mark uh, uh Marcus Simeon, Sim, I mean, they play they can play long ball, but they put the ball in play as well. Ugh. So, again, I just don't think Gallo's a good player. Good home run hitter. How do I feel about Roger Goodell? I feel the same way about Roger Goodell as I always did. I thought by now that that Roger Goodell would be out of a job. I think Roger Goodell has looked the other way for years, for years at, at, at some of the, the, the criminal element in the football, in, in NFL football. Um, you know, now they're, they're, they're taking the lead on, on a lot of social issues and whatnot. And look at, they're getting too involved in the politics of the world, which you can separate from sports very easily. Um, my biggest gripe with him is you know, look at, I always laughed when, when people would say the Patriots were the league's darlings and the and the league wants them to do well. And they pay off referees so the Patriots can do well. And listen, the league never wanted the Patriots to do well. You think that, that Roger Goodell wanted to be on that stand after uh, uh, Super Bowl 51? Uh, uh, I think it was Super Bowl 51, right? When uh, After he suspended Tom Brady for four games, in a ruse that went on for over a year over the air in a football, which is irrelevant to everything. <laughs> oh, my God. Roger Goodell and the NFL and ESPN went on a witch hunt against the Patriots and the, and the, uh, and the Patriots. They've been on a witch hunt ever since Spygate. And Roger Goodell is not good for football. Roger Goodell, you know, he'd rather protect guys who beat their wives or girlfriends and and guys who have been involved in in double homicides uh, at the Super Bowls. Uh, I won't mention any names, uh, Mr. Lewis. Not that the Patriots didn't have one on their team, but at least he's in prison where he belonged. Well, he's dead now, but he went to prison where he belonged. And, you know, again, I have no respect for Roger Goodell, and I'm surprised he still has a job. I think Jory's talking about my Gallo uh, point of view. Thank you for that. Carlos got a comment here. Purdue's coming on strong for the NCAA this year. Uh, Pearl, you know, Listen, Auburn just snuck by a really bad Georgia team yesterday uh, by two points. Purdue had a nice win against, I think, Michigan yesterday. Uh, actually, Rick uh, had made a comment uh, yesterday in a group chat about uh, Purdue playing really good basketball. They're playing great. Big win last week against Ohio State on Sunday. With a three-pointer at the buzzer. Um, just a well-coached team. Um Paint here is a great coach. Um and they're gonna be tough in the tournament, I think. They've 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 had trouble in the tournament over the years, so it's gonna be very interesting, Carlos, to see how they come uh, come up uh up in, in March. It's gonna be a wide open thing. We're gonna we're going to really dive into this. And I was going to get into some of the the rankings of the mid-majors today, but I don't think we we're going to have time to do it. Uh, but we'll de- definitely dive into it Wednesday night um, along with some other stuff. we got some college football news to talk about on uh, Wednesday and also uh, we'll continue marching towards March Madness Um on our Wednesday show. So we'll talk more about that. But yes, Purdue's playing very well in UCLA yesterday, losing their second game in a row to a really bad Arizona state team is going to hurt them. Baylor again, as I said, are on the top of the show with a bad loss yesterday. This, this college basketball season. And again, Alan, I'll point this out. I'm sure um, Baylor's got some bad injuries uh, that have hampered them the last uh, month. Uh, but so do a lot of teams. Uh, and yesterday's scoreboard. You know, it's just another indication. I was going to look at some of these top 25 scores real quick. i wait for, uh, and you guys if you got another topic you want to bring up. You can certainly feel free. We'll jump into it here or jump into it with, uh, Mr. Mancini when he jumps on any minute now. Um, I don't have Mark's picture ready to go, do I? So yesterday, Georgia almost upsets Auburn. Uh, Arizona state does beat UCLA. At their second loss in a row. Arab- Purdue beats uh, Michigan in a good game. Uh, um, Michigan's a bit resurgent after a really bad start. Kentucky continues to be hot. Kentucky's one of the biggest stories in college basketball uh, this year and now because they've risen through the ranks uh, from the you know the, the low 20s up to number five in the country and they continue to win against a tough Alabama team on the road yesterday. Uh who else? Uh Kansas, as I said, is uh after they're having an up and down season, but they route uh Baylor yesterday. Um, let's see, I want to make sure Mark doesn't pop in here. Um Duke rolls over North Carolina. North Carolina's got a better record than they had last year, but it's not a very good team. The ACC very, very weak. And um they roll by 20 over Carolina, so that, that kind of leaves you an indication of where they're at. Michigan State continues to struggle a bit in the Big Ten, getting blown out at Rutgers, a very up-and-down team, uh, Rutgers team. Nice win for Rutgers. We'll boost their NCAA uh, profile a bit um, as well. Uh, What else happened yesterday? Texas Tech. I know who Alan loves Texas Tech. Uh, They had a nice win over West Virginia on the road. West Virginia down this year. You know, we talked about it Wednesday night that uh, some people have got them on the bubble. I don't see how you can be in the on the bubble at two and seven in your league. Iowa State, I think, really had their bubble burst yesterday with a with a bad loss by twenty-two on the road at Texas. Um, Xavier, what a bad loss! We talked about the Big East and their resurgency and maybe getting seven teams in the tournament. This is going to hurt their standing losing to an again a bad DePaul team two and nine in the conference at home 69 65 and uh, LSU dropping like a rock. We talked about it Wednesday night with uh, uh with some LSU fans. John DeLon, uh, specifically uh, I had said they I thought they were in. he thought they weren't because of their recent play. they could beat on the road to again, not a good Vanderbilt team. By twenty, uh, I'm sorry, uh, nine points. So not a good finish there. As we wait for one, Mark Mancini. Not sure what's up with Mark. Hope he's okay. And we'll see if he does come in. So, what else do we want to talk about? We could jump into that. I'm going to save that mid-major uh, deal for uh, for Wednesday night. We can talk a little bit about the NBA. Look at, Rick brought it up earlier. The Knicks are just awful right now. Oh, there's Mark now. So we'll we'll skip that. And let me get Mark in here. Good morning, Mr. Mark Mancini. How are you? How are you, brother? I'm feeling much better. Glad to hear I you was down.
0: Uh, yeah, I was down for two weeks.
1: Yeah. I've been down since. It's, there's something. I know you here. were sick. Yeah. I know you were down. Still fighting it a little bit. Uh, still fighting it a little what, bit. What sometimes. did you have?
0: The, the chills and stuff? I had the chills, the yeah. lost voice.
1: It's yeah, kind of, It's kind of manifested itself yesterday. Last week, it was like a head and chest cold. And then this week, it's been more like a stomach thing. And just, you know, <laughs> well, I had it
0: after the Tampa Ram game that night. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. And then I had no appetite that week. And then I finally, you know, got something in last week. Friday, uh, a week ago. And then, uh, I got my appetite back, uh, this past Friday, believe it or not.
1: Well, we're glad you're feeling yep. better and we're glad you're here today. And, uh, you know, hope you continue to get continue to get better and better. I know I need to. I got to. I start vacation next Friday. I got to be ready to go. I'm yeah, to go. yeah. We 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 miss you the next two weeks, huh? Yeah. yeah well, maybe we can. I'm going to do something. I'm, I'll talk to you during the week. Maybe we'll. Uh, we should. Okay. Up and we'll see because I'm going to do something from the uh, ship, uh, depending on my uh, Wi-Fi uh, connection, and uh, maybe we'll talk. I'm going to do maybe an hour. We had we had live eleven on uh,
0: uh, Thursday. It was absolutely terrific. Um, yeah. and then I just did, I interviewed a guy from the Washington Post yesterday. This guy, you got to get, I can give you his information. Great guy. Absolutely. Jake Russell. Jake. Oh my God. He broke down, talked about the bullets name change, the, uh, the Redskins name change. Unbelievable.
1: Well, let's start there and do get me the contact information. I told you I was chasing Burb Blylevin and stalking them all over uh, social media. And with, with Yeah, no definitely. Definitely. Whatever. You know, well, since you brought up the Washington name change, we'll start there. Although it's not the biggest story in the world, but you know, still, uh, you know, whatever. I'm not the most politically correct person in the world, so I'm okay with the Washington Redskins. But obviously, the world isn't. But the Washington Commodores, uh, you look at the logo, everything. To me, I would have just stayed the Washington football team with what they did here.
0: Well, the big problem is, is 87 years you've had a Washington Redskins name. I I grew up with it. I'm a Pittsburgh guy. My NFC team was always the Redskins growing up. I didn't really care for the R on the helmet with the yellow in the Billy Kilmer days. But man, when they came to that bold look after that with the Joe Theismann and the John Riggins and everything, I said to myself, this had to be the best helmet in the league. Now, if you want to find negative in anything, you can find negative in anything. But I mean, I just don't understand 87 years you're changing a name because, you know, a few people are having a problem with this. If you don't contribute in any shape, way, or form with these team names, then you shouldn't have a say in it. Really, you you shouldn't. That's the way I look at it, and that's just my opinion on it. Well, Same thing with the Cleveland Indians, about 105
1: years. I, ju- I just don't understand it. I don't either, and I, I guess I'll paraphrase a uh, comment about when the Bullets changed their name, or Looking to change their name years ago, they changed it to the Washington Capitals. If you remember, um, yes, they did it because they wanted to to get away from a uh, from a uh, uh, being associated with violence. And I said, "Well, if you want to do that, or somebody said I didn't say when they did this, I was a very young man. I'm not sure how old I was, but they a writer said if you want to remove the the context of violence from the name, then get the name Washington out of there <laughs> instead of the well. You know, you know it's funny to say that the other day. Uh, you know, I, I love these
0: these all retro t-shirts, and I was wearing a t-shirt that just said Bullets on it, the old Baltimore Bullets, yeah. uh, was, you know, and, 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 and somebody looked at it, and I said, yeah, and they, and they recognized, you know, the logo of it and everything, and I'm, I'm saying to myself, yeah, I grew up with that Elvin Hayes, and,
1: you know, and I remember they, were, they went from, I think it was the Washington
0: Bullets to the Baltimore Bullets to the Capitol Bullets, And then they went to the Wizards and everybody in DC thinks the Wizards is going to be the dumbest name out there.
1: Yeah, agreed. You know, there's probably a lot of people would say they're more offended by the name Washington than the name Redskins, so anyway. Yeah, so now we got the Commodores. I don't know where that ends up. You know, talking to Jake Russell yesterday
0: from the Washington Post, I just don't understand why the baseball team didn't
1: call themselves the Washington Senators. What, what What is a national? No, I agree. Senators is a perfect, they, they've had the name before, I get it, but, you know, it's a perfect name. Uh, yeah, that would have been a great name. You know, the Senators
0: playing the Phillies or the Mets or everything, that would have been right up there. But to bypass that name and Frank Howard and all these great yeah. talents had played, I mean, it's just unbelievable, to say the least, how they did not take the Senators.
1: Excellent. before we move on here, I just want to uh, mention that Rick wants you to feel better. Rick Sherlock he says it would always make Thank him you, feel my better. What, what, what makes him always feel better is soup and a uh, Philly cheesesteak. So I don't know what he's. Yeah. Hey, what are you coming in Philly? I keep asking Nick, Marianne, and everything. I we gotta get you in Philly after know. this vacation. I, yeah, it's gonna happen until after I get back, but I promise we'll make it happen then. I got a lot of stuff that's uh, been piling up on me. We'll make it. We'll make it work though. I promise. And I gotta get. Yeah, back we got an incident. Yeah, we definitely got an incident out here where another guy got
0: beat into a coma. I I am so sick and tired of hearing these.
1: I didn't hear the whole story, so what's up with that?
0: Well, evidently these two clowns didn't have tickets to the game. One clown flew down from San Francisco and he had a little too much to drink. I guess they paid to get in the tailgate party. He tripped and fell and, and threw a punch at one Ram fan. The Ram fan turned around, cold cocked him and he fell to the pavement and he's in a coma. But you know what? I am so sick and tired of hearing it out here about these things. And maybe that's probably one of the reasons I can't stand the Dodgers and the Rams. Because they cover up these incidences. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few years ago was the Brian Stowe incident with the giant fan. Yeah. I, I the, the first question I need to know, and maybe you can help me, maybe your listeners can help me. How the hell are these idiots, and I use the term idiots with a capital I, How do these idiots afford to get in the stadium?
1: That's a good point. I mean, I just don't understand. Is it like 20 people living through a house and the mortgage is 500 or what? (laughs) Yeah. Listen, I know it's expensive to go to a game and some of them you need to take out a mortgage. uh, Yeah. I don't
0: understand how these idiots afford to go to the game. I mean, do they just save up their paycheck for two months? And then just say, okay, we're going to go to the Ram game, the NFC championship game. I really don't. Yeah. Because you look at these guys, and, and and I don't want to throw a perception factor on there, but these guys look like they just got, you know, furloughed out of the
1: LA jail. <laughs> you know, the team's got to do a better job at security and these things, I think, you know. You can't let them. Well, the mayor, the mayor out here in Englewood, he
0: he's just a complete clown. He gets on there and he, he downplays the incident. Because he's he's trying to get people to fly out here for the Super Bowl. Come on, man, let's face it. These two teams nobody cares about. Who cares about these two teams other than the ones in LA and Cincinnati? Really? Oh, I, think was was good
1: I think there's some good storylines here in this in this Super Bowl. Really yeah, but remember. I mean the
0: big the the big game would have been New England coming out of here, Dallas coming out of here, Green Bay, Kansas yeah. City, Pittsburgh. Well, but I mean are you are you getting excited I mean, are you really getting excited with LA and Cincinnati? I,
1: I, yes, I found enough storylines that I can get excited. Yes, and obviously the NFL is excited or thinks people should be excited. Did you see the prices of the tickets uh, for crying out loud? The cheapest. Well, tickets let me let me tell you. Line.
0: Let let me tell you. I was blessed enough to go. I believe it was 1982. This is right short the strike in year. Me and my uh, – still still friends with one of these guys. And the other guy, I don't know if he moved to another state or something. But we were walking around the Rose Bowl. A friend of ours got, you know, uh, a party, uh, you know, to get in there for the tent party and everything before the Rose Bowl uh, mm-hmm. game against the Redskins and the Dolphins. Fulton Walker's 97-yard kickoff return. Uh, the Redskins won the game 27-17. A dude walks up to us. Half an hour before the game, and says, "I got three tickets for the Super Bowl. Give me sixty dollars." Honest to God, we we saw that game, and now to see this game, you know, next Sunday for
1: like ten grand. I would pay ten grand if I had ten grand. <laughs> some of the probably, there are prices on there like twenty thousand dollars for seats at, at the, uh, you know, the, the, the fifty-yard line near the bench. I don't understand. I don't understand unless you're a die-hard
0: Ram fan. And, and let's face it—I find it hard to believe some people are walking around here, three decades removed from a team, are still Ram fans. But I, I, I just, I don't understand. I, I don't know one Bengals fan other than maybe in Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, but you don't find it interesting that you got a team that has never won a Super Bowl. You got a team theoretically, if you want to look at it, L.A. Rams have never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, they won in St. Louis, but this iteration of the team in L.A. has never won a Super Bowl. You got two first picks in a draft for the first time ever uh, matching up against each other at quarterback um you got a team that well if somebody's okay if somebody's gonna put a gun to my head
0: and say hey mancini you gotta pick a team here you know how bad i hate la other than the weather and everything else the good food and stuff but i'm gonna have to take the cincinnati bengals because you know this is a team that knocked off the number one knocked off the number two uh you know Cup of Joe, man, is looking very good. Yeah. I like Burrow. Yeah. I got to know uh, Ed Orgeron real well when he was out of here. So he coached Jamar Chase. He coached, you know, uh, Joe Burrow. I gotta, I gotta put, you know, if I'm gonna look at this thing, I gotta go to the Bengals. But you know what? Something really smells around here. They're trying to push the Rams to win this thing.
1: Well, I hope they do because I've got the Bengals myself. I've already bet the game, so let's go Bengals. By the way, Joe Burrow is another guy who, to me, is a huge storyline because he's looking to be the first guy ever to win a Super Bowl, a national championship, and a Heisman Trophy. Not just do it, but do it within a three-year span. Again, I think there's a lot of great stories for this game, and if you're a football fan, I think it's a lot of fun. So, Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, and, and, and I said this the other day on XM – this
0: game reminds me of the game I really didn't care enough. It, it was a close game years back. It got no interest in it, the Giants and the Bills. There's always a Super Bowl that comes around that you go, oh, okay, it's a Super Bowl, I got to watch it.
1: But I really have no interest in it. I don't know how you feel on these things. Now and again, Tampa Bay and Oakland's one that comes to my mind. Didn't See, I got into that one. That, that one I kind of got in because –
0: you know, I wanted to
1: see Gruden
0: stick it to him. Yeah. You know that one. That one I kind of got into, but you know, other than the, the the Buffalo and Giant game, this is another one that just kind of you know, if I'm, it's a little bit better in the Buffalo Giant game, but you know, leaning towards Cincinnati, the AFC North. But um, man, I thought the NFL could come up with some better teams
1: being represented across the board. Well. I I don't know. I mean, I don't think they get to pick the teams that actually play, Mark. Right, right. (laughs) But I think I think the fan base thought, okay, maybe a
0: Buffalo, maybe a Kansas City coming out of the AFC. Maybe we're going to get a Green Bay. Maybe we're going to get a Tampa. You had Kansas
1: last year. Was that a great game last year with Kansas City there? It was horrible game last year. You know, yeah, so. but he had, he, had, he had the marquee stars in there. He had Brady, he had Mahomes, he had Kelsey, you had yeah. Kronkowski. And after a quarter, it was unwatchable. So, I don't know. Don't
0: well, I'll tell play you play. one thing. I'll tell you one thing. I really enjoyed you last night
1: watching the NHL
0: All-Star game. I get into this. I kind of knew, knew the Metropolitan would, would win stacked of penguins and capitals and all this. Let me tell you, hockey does it right, man. Um, I tried to watch the Knicks and Lakers. That was a disaster until the Lakers finally pulled it out. But man, oh man, it just seems like hockey is starting to pass a lot of these sports up. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. You
1: know, hockey is a great sport. And again, I you know every other week we have Jim Beringer in here to get update us on the yeah. NHL and and yep. it's it's a great sport. The problem is it's so hard to watch on TV. It's a, it's a it's a sport I love to watch in person. Um, We'll go here and watch the union hockey team, which won the NCAA championship here a few years back, uh, which is local here in, in uh, Schenectady. Um, But in on TV, it's a hard game to, to follow for, for the fans. I think. Yeah, but it's,
0: you know, and, and, and I'll tell you, it's come a long way. It really has. And I think they've done it. Gary Bettman, the commissioner is unbelievable. When you look at the commissioners around the league, I mean, the question's still out on Roger Goodell. He's, he's catching a lot of flack with the cover-up in Washington. You look at, you know, Rob Manfred, he is so clueless in baseball, doesn't know what the hell he's doing.
1: And then you look at Adam
0: Silver, and I, I, I just don't understand. He seems to market players instead of teams. Yeah. But Bettman, Bettman gets it. Bettman's the guy that really gets it, I think. Well, I, I don't really, know what your thoughts
1: are. I like Bettman as well, and I think he's done a good job promoting <clears throat> promoting the league, getting them to the keep TV contract at all, because it wasn't that many years ago where they had to pay, basically, to, to have right. their, own, their games on TV. So I think he's done a good job there. And it's a great sport, probably more regional than any of the professional sports, I would say. Right? Um, it's almost like college football used to be as far as being a re and then college football still is. It's a re there's the following is all regional. There aren't a lot of, uh, you know, uh, LA King fans in New York, for instance, there's Laker fans, there's uh Dodger fans. Well, cause they're transplanted, but the NHL is much more regional, I think as as a sport than, than any of the other major sports today, which, well, well, not bad, which that, is not only that thing.
0: Right. Right. But I think if you're going to compare hockey with basketball, I mean, you, you know, I think there's a there's a, a, a hell of a following when you look at Rangers, Islanders, Flyers. I think they just blow out the Knicks and Sixers people. Um, you know, you get up in the Northeast, Boston. May, that might be a flip of the coin with the Bruins and Celtics. You get you get into the, you know Pittsburgh, diehard hockey. I mean, you know, v- Vegas. I haven't been there for a game, but. Vegas is just, that is the number one expansion team on how to blow up something across the board in any sport. Um And I think that's where the NBA needs to go. They need to get a team in Vegas, a team in Seattle, and then move Memphis and New Orleans into the East, I think. And then you're going to see a, a nice flux of uh, the NBA, but the NBA is lacking. Good. You know, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but yeah. I think they need to get into Seattle and
1: Vegas. Yeah, Vegas, You know, for years, major sports leagues wouldn't go into Vegas because of the gambling and the worry about the, the visuals and whatnot. And obviously they can't use that argument anymore because they're in bed with gambling sites uh, in every league, right? Day in and day out. You know, we just got it here legally um, a month ago in New York, and you're barraged on a 24-hour basis with the with the commercials from every sports league. Uh, for DraftKings and and Caesars and whatever else is out there, so they don't have that argument. And I I think it. Look at it, it's one of the entertainment capitals in this country, and they probably should have a, a sports teams. And it's a great spot for these uh, All Star games to be, I think, as well. Well, let me, let
0: me ask you something.
1: Uh, we're about a week away,
0: maybe a couple weeks away from spring training. I think this is going to be a long haul strike here. I think you're going to get a 60 game season. I don't think they're playing 162. Uh, Trying to be an optimist, but realistically looking at this, I think baseball is not going to kick up till
1: about May. What's your thoughts? Well, I hope that's wrong. We talked about it earlier and they're going to hurt their fan base. From a PR standpoint, people are not going to buy into this millionaires against billionaires thing. And, and it's all about money. There's plenty of money to go around, and these guys arguing about the the scraps on the on the on the floor. I get it. <laughs> you know, uh, players want more money or sooner in their career. They want you know they don't want teams that have the control as long as they do. That's what this is all about. But you're right. I mean, I think I think there's a good possibility the beginning of the season could be impacted. Um, the fact that the owners want to bring in a federal mediator is the worst idea in the history of sports because every time the federal government gets involved, it doesn't speed things up. It slows it down. And the last time they were involved in, in baseball negotiations, we lost a World Series. And I think a 60-game right. season or anything less than than a full season is going to really impact the fan base in, and and their reactions to this whole thing. So I think it would well, be well, the problem, for Major League
0: Baseball.
1: Right. I think the problem here is out of these
0: four major sports, I think the players control this game. You know, football, you got the owners that can control it. They can squeeze these guys out. Basketball, you know, the owners kind of try to control it. It, It's kind of a little bit, you know, uh, the closer there hockey, uh, you know, the owners control it. But let me tell you in baseball, these players own it. And, I don't care how much money these owners have across the board or how rich they are. They will never break these players backs uh, across the thing. And this is, this is where the big problem lies, you know, uh, across the spectrum of this thing is if the, if the owners are going to stand here and bring mediators in and try to get it done their way, good luck. We might not be playing until the summer. But the way it's going now, I, I don't think it's going on till May. I think it's going to be a 60 game season because I think the owners are going to cave in before the players.
1: Well, you're t- as you mentioned or alluded to, I mean, the, the players' union in baseball is by far the strongest in any sport, in my mind. And, right. Uh, and were, you're going to be the strongest in the country. Yeah, the, the, the owners will come out. They're going to lose here anyway, so they might as well capitulate. I don't have a problem with, and for me, for these guys to be arguing over this this money when we're talking about billions of dollars and you know just look at it's capitalism. I'm okay. I can separate the money for for guys to say oh, nobody's worth that kind of money anyway. Well, somebody's willing to pay you. You're worth the money. That's my opinion. Right, right, right. Now whether you earn it, that's a different story. Um, so again, the, but here's, the, here's here's the thing, Keith. Yeah. The, the players
0: don't trust the owners because the owners say they're losing money, yeah, but then they yeah. give $335 million to Corey Seager. Yeah. So if you're telling me you're losing money, mm-hmm. then then I find that hard to believe you're lying right to my face.
1: Open up the books and show me. That's what will happen, right? right. They're never going to do right. that, and they're never going to do that, and that's where they're going to capitulate, and the players are going to get most, if not all, of what they want. So right, that's what exactly. I, that a, that's what always happens in these deals. the The players will say, "Okay, open the books up." The owners will never, ever do it, ever. So right, because they don't watch you So and that's know. where that's where the players bust the owners and then say,
0: "Okay, now we're going to control it," because I'm 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 for this. If this thing keeps going on and on and on, and we get these things coming up every decade or so, I think the players. We'll we'll go out there and you know this 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 might not work but I'm just going to throw it out there. I think you bring in foreign money, you start bring b- building you know stadiums and everything, and then just bust these American owners.
1: That's all. It's a, it's possible it'll happen. I mean you you could see other leagues cropping up and try to take uh, advantage of this right and and pilfer right. players away. So we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. Um, before we. Uh, kind of like the USFL. Well, yeah, there's a good point. You know, that's something I'm to dig into this, and we'll talk about it on coming shows before they launch here, I think in March. Right. I think they, 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 is it March they start? I think it is. I think it's April,
0: April. and I'm getting excited. Uh, you know, my, the original Pittsburgh Maulers is there, so I'm going to get it. I can't believe there's not a team in L.A., well, but there's eight teams, yeah. and – the Maulers are there. The Generals are there.
1: It's it's going to get exciting, man. It could be it could be something that'll play if they do this right. Listen, you go back to the original USFL, and I will I will. Uh, any football fan should go to ESPN and watch their thirty for thirty. Uh, Who killed the USFL? It's a great right. documentary, and this league very well would have made it if they'd stayed in the spring. But they 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 wanted to move to the fall in a worse way. They wanted to, to take the NFL on head. Head first uh, or head to head. And, uh, you know, they went to court and they won. They won a, a sixty-three or something in damages. Which yep. Put them out of business. And that league, if they stay in the spring, there very well might be two leagues. Totally agree. I remember, you know, the, you had this, the LA Express out here, Steve Young. Yep. You had the
0: Philadelphia Stars with Irv Eatman. You had teams in Birmingham, yep. uh, the yep. Pittsburgh, the, you know. The Stallions. yeah. The Birmingham yep.
1: Stallions are back now, yeah. Yep. Yeah. The Denver Gold you had, you had the Oakland
0: Invaders, you had the you had the Arizona team, you had real good things, and you're exactly right. They should have stayed right where they were in the spring, played it there, it would have worked out perfect. But they went to try to go head to head, and they were dead as gone.
1: Yeah, and I hope this league uh, does it better because I have not been excited about any uh, spring leagues or, or summer leagues that have popped up since because they're all gimmicky and, and whatnot. And, and well, you- well, it's hard. To, you know, it's hard to get excited because like two weeks later, the league's folded. Yeah, yeah. So I hope they got you know to- you get be, you get behind a team, and then I go hey, wait a minute, what happened
0: here? And then they go, it's closed. I go, oh geez. Yeah.
1: I hope they have some good ownership. They got some good coaches and we'll dive into this when we have some more time uh, before the season starts for sure. Definitely real quick. I know we only got a couple we only got a couple minutes left. Um, let's, let's talk real quick about the whole Brian Flores uh, lawsuit situation. I, I'm kind of two minds here that, that, you know, there obviously the Rooney rule has been misused and, and, and exploited for years. Nobody's saying it wasn't right. But, I don't know that this is the best test case for this and that Brian Flores is the guy who ought to be bringing the lawsuit. Eric Biennemi maybe ought to be bringing the lawsuit, but for Brian Flores got a job. And Brian Flores didn't, you know, he didn't seem to have the, the courage of his convictions when his owner in Miami was trying to pay him $100,000. And he didn't want to bring, he should have brought the light then. And, and he wants to. Well, talk, right. he, he wants to talk about how he's willing to risk his career, but he wasn't willing to risk it while he actually had a job. So I got Well, here's the thing.
0: You know, I I you know I went to high school out here,
1: and a John Elway
0: went to school about ten miles away. Yep. Got to see you know our schools go against each other, El Camino, Granada Hills. When you make acquisitions about three different organizations, <laughs> man, oh man, you better have your ducks in a row. And I don't know if Brian Flores is a bitter man. I don't know if he just, you know, let, let's face it, you know, the the Dolphins haven't done nothing since Dan Marino's there. Kind of look at the Chicago Bears. We had a reporter on one of the shows, and the Bears haven't done anything since, you know, uh, uh, Jim McMahon, maybe Rex Grossman took them to the promised land, but that was it. But there's certain organizations, they don't do nothing. I don't need to hear Brian Flores tell me about what's going on in Miami. You didn't get the job done. You're not qualified for the job. If you're qualified for the job, I don't care what color skin you are. You should be able to get the job and you're absolutely right. The enemy and Fraser should be considered for some jobs. But to tear three organizations down and call it, you know, Elway disheveled, and these guys are drunks. And and, 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 and like Bill Belichick into it, too. Yeah, yeah. He's he just, he just ripping people. This guy, you know, you didn't burn the bridge now. Now you blew the damn thing up. And now nobody's going to hire you. You're going to be blackballed. You can't do this. One organization, okay. You, you rip into Miami. You rip into the Giants. You rip into the Broncos. I mean, what 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 is this? People are gonna, you know, it's a, it's a it's a, it's, a, it's an old folks
1: league. These guys aren't gonna hire you now. Agreed, agreed. Well, you know, right, we have gotta move on because we're just about out of time, and I gotta keep this over okay. two hours. So I can't share it. So give us a real quick uh, outlook of what you got going on this week, and we'll say goodbye.
0: This uh, Thursday
1: uh, on the show, Rudy Reyes covering the Super Bowl, the host
0: of the Rude Dog Show, will be on it. Other than that, I can't wait for you to get back
1: from vacation so we can rip this thing, brother. Absolutely. Can't wait either. So we'll talk to you soon. See you Wednesday night, hopefully. Love you, brother. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. All right, guys. We got to wrap it up here quickly. Thanks to Mark Mancini for coming in, as always. Thanks, you guys, for all your comments. Had a great... Yeah, I don't disagree here, Rick, by the way. (laughs) I I think he's... uh, Drinking with Elway is a very funny line, by the way. Um, Look at... There's a lot of schools of thoughts here. I'm kind of two minds with this whole uh, lawsuit thing and what's going on with Flores, but we'll talk more about it. It's going to be a lot more to come. Thank all you guys. Thank you to the Roku viewers. Thank you to to Rick and Jory and Alan and and uh, um, Anthony and whoever else was in the Carlos, everybody else that was in the room today. If I missed somebody, I apologize. Thanks to the groups that allow me to share. We'll see you next Sunday from the Caribbean. I'll see you Wednesday night live here in studio with the college sports huddle. We'll see you then. Have a great Sunday, guys. Bye-bye. Keith Angle from TGI Sports Talk right here on Northeast Streaming Sports. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.